Thank you guys for hopping back into the wrong opinion. Useless NBA trivia and garbage rankings. As always, check out the trailer if this is your first time. We're talking about the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, they were part of that overexpansion I talked about in the 90s, along with the Hornets and a few other teams. They came in in 1995 as one of two Canadian teams. They were in Vancouver, uh, same year as the Toronto Raptors. They were the place no rookie wanted to go. It was, you know, away from home, and they were losing a lot. Uh, Stevie Franchise, Steve Francis, was, like, visibly and infamously bummed out when he got drafted by the Grizzlies, but everybody felt that way. They were full of, like, fun players who did nothing to help a team win. They didn't win 20 games for four years until 2000, and then they didn't get to 30 games until 2004. They hit 50 wins that year in 2004 and made the playoffs for the next three years. The big difference there was Pau Gasol, a massive number one draft pick from 2001, which was actually the year that they moved from Canada to Tennessee. Uh, so after those three straight playoffs from 04, 05, 06, they fell to 22 wins. Midway through the second straight terrible year, they just gifted the Lakers with Pau Gasol, who obviously transformed that team. Great number two for Kobe, they won two titles. They ended up with his little brother, Mark, who at the time, now he's maybe a Hall of Famer at the time, he was overweight and unproven. Not really a fair trade. As a Lakers fan, I'm chill with it. Uh, by 2010, they were given another gift, the resurrected corpse of Zach Randolph. He was a former most improved player, but he was on his third team in two years. He was just given away for Quentin Richardson. Literally just Quentin Richardson. Throwing a nice Mike Conley pick in 2008, a couple steady scorers, two steady scorers in OJ Mayo and Rudy Gay. And you got a nice little squad. That 2010 team is really fun and just really like surprisingly high rankings. If you look at the top starting fives and plus minus for a year, they're up there. Now they quickly realized that OJ and Rudy were pretty counterintuitive to winning. Now guys like Magic Johnson, that old school, they kept saying that you need a guy like Rudy Gay to score in the last few minutes. But all the stats said that they were better with Gasol, Conley, or Randolph hitting that last shot. Gay was just a relic of an older era. So he was traded for effectively an older Tayshaun Prince and cap space. And then they made the freaking conference finals in 2013, just addition by subtraction. There's a couple fun playoff rivalries in that stretch, notably the Clippers a couple years in a row, really, really fun, just scrappy, scrappy team, the grit and grind Grizzlies. Uh, but it didn't last forever. The team was blown up a few years later and then Mark won a title in Toronto. Uh, John Morant ended up being the steal of the 2019 draft, which is crazy saying for a number two pick. Uh, he was behind a generational talent who just can't stay on the court. They also have the deepest team in the league right now. They're trying to replace that Zebo style of grit and grind. I think too often right now they confuse that with recklessness and cheap shots. Now they have the fourth worst winning percentage of all time. Going into the season, they were at about 43%. Now the, the bottom five on that list are number one worst team, the Minnesota Timberwolves the Clippers, the Nets, of course the Grizzlies, and then fifth, the Hornets. But let's get to the rankings. As always, we've got first team, second team, third team. Uh, my first team point guard, I'm going John Morant. Now our number two guy was a starter on a longer period of time, but Morant already made two all-star games. He averaged 27 points a game last year, doing the same this year, seven to eight assists every year, and shooting a decent percentage. He shot 49% last year, 49%, almost hitting 50% of his shots as a scoring point guard. You don't see that a lot. Second team All-NBA last year, and of course there was that stat where they were better when he was hurt. 
the Grizzlies were winning more when he was hurt. Which, you know, stats are fair, but they kind of lie. They're better when he's playing. He's one of the most electrifying, terrifying players to watch against your own team. Uh, shooting guard, first team shooting guard, Tony freaking Allen. He won a title in Boston in 08, playing four minutes a game. Uh, by 2011, he was a, a second string shooting guard. And then the next year, he started over OJ Mayo. He didn't score, shot whatever percent, didn't really matter because he averaged eight points a game. But he's one of the most gifted backcourt defenders in the league for the 2010s. All defensive first team three times in 12, 13, and 15, and second team in 11, 16, and 17. He was there for six of the Grizzlies' 12 playoff appearances. That's pretty good. Tony Allen is tied for 21st with the most total all defensive team selections. It's very interesting. Number one, Tim Duncan with 15. Back to the Grizzlies, first team small forward. And this is the Grizzlies, we gotta go grit and grind. This is Shane Battier. He's like the prototypical three and D guy. Put up, you know, 10 points a game, whatever. One of those guys, you know, he'd throw an entry pass, throw a couple picks, never a zero on offense, but he shines on defense. He was four, he was on the team for the first three playoff appearances for the Grizzlies. Four sweeps, of course, but whatever. Made a couple odd defensive teams later in his career, but just for the Grizzlies, he is eighth in three-pointers made, ninth in games played, fifth in steals, and everybody's favorite statistic, fifth in win shares. Shane Battier, not the sexiest player in the world, but he is the Grizzlies' best small forward ever. First team power forward. Struggled mightily with this. I knew one pick would be sacrilegious, but the other pick would be wrong. I'm going Zach Randolph. Now, spoiler alert, Pau Gasol is going to be on second team as the power forward. And I don't want to diss Pau. I love Pau Gasol, but I got to diss him a little bit here to prove my point. He made one all-star game in his six and a half years with Memphis. Zach Randolph made two, plus an all-NBA team in 2011. He made the playoffs seven times with the Grizzlies from 2011 to 2017, and they barely missed it in 2010. Seven out of their 12 all-time franchise playoff appearances. Power Gasol only made three. Power Gasol wasn't All-NBA at all until he came to the Lakers. Now, he's a great player, awesome passer. We'll talk about him more later, but Zach Randolph, best power forward in the Grizzlies history. He really transformed that franchise, or maybe the franchise transformed him because he was on his way out of the league. Nobody wanted him. Portland gave up on him. The Knicks hated him. He spent 39 games with the Clippers. He was just this horrible late game guy, dinging along with his teammates, bad attitude. And then he took that to the Grizzlies and they became this gritty, awesome team that everybody loved because they played basketball hard. They looked like the, the late 90s Pistons. And he was the centerpiece of all of that. He put up about 20 and 12 in 2010 and 2011, which is better than Pau Gasol ever did. Just honestly, one of the most gritty rebounders, if you watch him. He sticks his big fat butt. He was only six foot nine, but averaged 10 and a half rebounds a game during his time with the Grizzlies. So he's second in total rebounds, third in rebounds per game. He also happens to be third in points, third in games, third in minutes and field goals. All of these stats are way above Pau. While he only got one All-NBA team, every year from 2010 to 2015, he got votes. He got All-NBA votes other than 2012 when he missed most of the season. Big Zach Randolph supporter. He's going number one. And then first team center, the career leader in pretty much every statistical category, Marcus All. Now he's a strange case because you look at his stats and nothing like blows you away. It's like 15 and 9, 14 and 8, 4 assists a game. 
a block and a half a game, shooting 48, 49%. But he was one of the best defensive big men of that era, winning Defensive Player of the Year in 2013, when that team won 56 games. Just did everything right. He knew where to be. He was strong. He wasn't, you know, he couldn't hop and swatch off like a lot of other guys. But he knew where to place the ball. The offense ran through him. And he could score when he needed to. In 2017, that was one of their worst years that decade. They only won 43 games. But they needed him to do more, and he did. He put up almost 20 a game. Now, he's only All-NBA twice, second team in 2013, but first team in 2015. He's the only Grizzly to be first team All-NBA. Only took him 20 years. So he's second in points, first in rebounds, second in assists, second in games. There's going to be a push for him to be a Hall of Famer when he retires. And I think that title in Toronto might have pushed him over the edge. I think he's getting in. But that's our first team, all Grizzlies. We got Ja, Tony Allen, Shane Battier, Zach Randolph, and Marcus Saul. Second team point guard, Mike Conley. I think he is like the definition of average franchise point guard. His points kind of went up as the league changed. He went from 12 to 14 to 15 to 20, which kind of makes sense with each year you see those stats. Always around six assists a game, good percentages, 45. Could hit a three, hit you know one and a half a game, up to a game later, uh, 38%, 40%, and just a really good defender, got a lot of steals. He's like he's the kind of point guard that can win a championship, but he's not gonna win you the championship. You know what I mean? But just really steady guy. He's first in games, got like 20 more than Mark. First in three pointers, made over a thousand with the Grizzlies. First in steals, first in points. So he kind of just takes the cake. He was there 12 years that entire playoff run just really awesome steady point guard finally made an all-star game a couple years ago with utah that was one of those more like yeah he deserves one in his career so we'll give it to him because that was not his best season every team needs a guy like mike conley for uh, second team shooting guard i got mike miller i think young fans remember him with the heat and being this heat check off the bench can drain some in a playoff game just help save the season that kind of dude he was a hero for those heat for a couple years but he was a really good player with the with the Grizzlies. He was there seven seasons, six in his first run, and then one post-Heat, actually. But he was there from 04 through 08. He was there for the first three playoff teams, putting up 11 a game, 13 a game. But the stats don't tell the whole story. He was one of the original spread-the-floor guys before every star could do that, shooting 43% from three in 2005. Freaking bananas. He just made it easier for guys like Powell to score. And that's an underrated ability. Second on the team in three-point field goals. Also seventh in games, seventh in points. The underrated Mike Miller. And if you're talking outside of the Grizzlies all-time in the NBA, he's 28th in career three-point field goal percentage and 35th in threes made. It's pretty good. Pretty good player. Second team, small forward, Rudy Gay. Probably one of the most overrated assets. 2010 to 2013 14 15 now he's kind of like every franchise's last hope for a nice sixth man off the bench he's averaging four game right now with utah but back in the day he was a 20 point scorer put up 20.6 rebounds on 46 percent shooting in 08 his second season and kept those numbers up always 19 a game almost 20 a game and then 2013 traded to Toronto. They called it Air Canada with him and DeRozan. And at the time, it felt like a really lopsided trade against the Grizzlies because they gave up this awesome player. But then you see the picks they got, the nice pieces they got, and more importantly, the minutes that they were able to allocate to everybody else. Like, it was an awesome trade for them. They made it to the conference finals without him. I mean, he can get you a bucket, but he's a ball stopper and just didn't help a team win. Not a winning player. A second team, power forward. We got Pau Gasol. 
I think retroactively we call him the greatest Grizzly of all time, but it's not, it's not him. Awesome rookie season, nine rebounds a game, 2.1 blocks a game along with 18 points and 42% shooting. Took him to the playoffs, 50 wins by his third year, three straight playoff berths. And he had one of the ugliest exits from a team, from a franchise player in NBA history, and there's been a lot of really ugly ones. He's since gone on to make four All-NBA teams with different teams, three with the Lakers, one with the Bulls, but he made zero with the Grizzlies, which is shocking every time you see it. For his career, he's 21st in career blocks and 15th in playoff blocks. And for the Grizzlies, he ranks top five in everything, points, rebounds, assists, minutes. He's a number two. He's a second banana masquerading as a first when he was with the Grizzlies, which was a huge issue with them throughout the entire first decade and a half of their existence. They kept getting these guys who were complimentary pieces, giving them 39 minutes a game and 17 shots, and thinking that was like a win because they were putting up 20 points. No, Pau Gasol is an 18 and 11 guy who's sitting on the low post, high post. The offense shouldn't be going through him. And when he got up with Kobe, it was a perfect fit. Honestly, he should have won the 2010 Finals MVP. The second team center, he was only there a couple years, but he's their all-time leader in rebounds per game, while also putting up 15 to 17 points a game. Jonas Valanciunas, he made the playoffs with them in 2021. He came in the year they were drafted. He was traded from Marcus Gasol, um, and it worked out with them two and a half years, actually. And he started scoring with the Grizzlies, which is something he never did before, and then he kind of transformed with the Pelicans. So we're going Jonas Valanciunas. So our second team, all Grizzlies, we said Mike Conley, Mike Miller, Rudy Gay, Pau Gasol, Jonas Valanciunas. For the third team, one of my all-time guys, Mike Bibby. Now he was drafted by Vancouver in 98, and he was one of like the lone shining stars for that team. So his rookie year put up 13 points a game, six, seven assists, pretty good. Shot 20% from the three, it was hideous. And then got a lot better as he went on, up to 38% on three and a half tries his third year. But he was like the one guy on those teams where you're like, you know, he could probably be a starter on a really good team. And then he was traded to a really good team to the Kings for Jason Williams. Now, everybody loves white chocolate, awesome highlights. And he was fun with his time with the Kings, fun in his time with the Grizzlies. But Mike Bibby was better. The Kings got better with Mike Bibby and Jason Williams on those Grizzlies teams. He was just another one of those stat padding, looks fun, not going to win any games, guys. And Mike Bibby, underrated for being kind of an Iron Man, didn't miss a game until 2002. We only missed two. Uh, missed 55 and 03, pretty much 82 to 80 games played until 2008. And then it just kind of fell apart. He was retired by 34. He just got old quick. If you haven't seen these yet, check out pictures of Mike Bibby now. He got freaking jacked. It's like insane to look at now. In terms of all-time Grizzly stats, he's fifth in assists, and that's about it. Doesn't really rank super high. Only played three seasons, but he's better than any other options here. Third team shooting guard, Desmond Bain. Now it scares me to pick some of these young guys because we don't know where they'll go. But right now he's first in team history, beating Mike Miller by about 1% in three point field goal percentage. 43% for his career. Now this is only his third season. Last year he put up 18 a game. Really should have won most improved player. That job award was insane. Like he was an awesome player the year before and now he got better. So now we're saying he's the most improved. That's not in the spirit of the award, but whatever. Putting up 22 a game this year so far, but just a freaking bomber. Hits three threes a game on 43%. And he's been exactly 43% the last three years. Just a really consistent dude, and this team is gonna be good with him as one of the best couple players. Third team, small forward, also 
going a little recent. Dylan Brooks, been with the team since 2018. That's six seasons. Putting up 15 a game pretty much every year. Pretty low numbers, 41%. And everybody in the league freaking hates him. Just a, about a week ago, I saw him nail I saw him nail Donovan Mitchell in a spot you don't want to be nailed. Just a dirty player. But he gets buckets. He's a nice glue guy. Can definitely be the starter on a championship team. And he's already 10th in career points for the Grizzlies. Grizzlies got a good future ahead of them. Uh, 13 power forward. I've talked about all stats, no substance guys a lot in this because that's most of the Grizzlies early history. And Sharif Abdur Rahim is like the poster boy of that era. But he put up, you know, 20 a game. Peaked at 23 a game in 1999, but never made the playoffs. He played one playoff series in his entire career. Six games off the bench for the Kings in 2006. He played six career playoff games. He just... The way he played, it looked like he had to be the the best player on his team. But if he was the best player on your team, you are not going to win. But he is pretty fun to watch. He's sixth in career points for the Grizzlies and fourth in total rebounds. Third team center, another guy who's not there for very long. I'm going with Steven Adams. He didn't score as much as Jonas Valanciunas, which is why he's not higher. But also, also really good rebound guy. Got assists too. That's something you didn't see a lot with the Thunder because, I mean, it was so heliocentric around Russell Westbrook. Uh, but with this Grizzlies team, he's putting up, you know, three assists a game, shooting awesome percentages. Just that grit guy and, like, the adult in the room for that really young Memphis team. Big Steven Adams guy. So for our third team, we got Mike Bibby, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, Sharif Abdur-Rahim, and Steven Adams. Now for our toughest cuts, uh, it was hard cutting Jason Williams. He was fun, but Bibby was better even if he was less fun. OJ Mayo, he really regressed when they started winning, which really isn't an awesome sign. <laughs> uh, Vince Carter was way past his prime, but he was an awesome teammate, which is weird if you think about 15 years before. Uh, I wanted to fit Vince Carter in, but he just obviously couldn't. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., power forward is the toughest position for this franchise. He just couldn't fit. I thought about sticking him as a center, but that would be lying, and I don't lie to you guys. Lorenzen Wright got a little love for center over Steven Adams. He was there longer on a couple playoff teams, but I think it's clear that Adams is better and going to be better. So that's the list, guys. I know a lot of people are going to be livid at Pau Gasol being on the second team, but it's right. It's the right answer. If you hate my wrong opinion, tweet me at JakeClark underscore three. Say hashtag wrong opinion. We'll be back next Wednesday. Talking about, I mentioned them at the top. Not going to give it away, but they have the second worst winning percentage of all time. But the last 10 years have looked pretty freaking good. Peace out.